0: Who am I in the world? Who are you in the world? And perhaps most importantly, how do you and I connect as we in this world? Hello everyone, and welcome to the Village Voices Podcast, where we explore various topics that connect people with nature to create positive youth development outcomes, more equitable communities, and build conservation stewardship. My name's Jay Hyland from Project Emo, and I'll be your host today as we explore the intersection of adventurous learning and youth social growth. Those questions we posed a moment ago may be some of the most critical questions any human asks themselves, but they're really, really important to adolescence. Think back to those awkward years as you started to gain independence, explore your internal sense of self, forge deeply connected relationships, built a tribe, and negotiated the delicate balancing act growing from childhood into emerging adulthood. Those years in between, adolescence, they might have been as fraught with turmoil as they were filled with possibility. Each day, a slow construction of our new adult selves. In this episode, we're going to explore possibilities to help youth grow and develop in a positive social way through adventurous experience. Adventure education, that's a loaded term. For some, it conjures images of expeditions into the mountains, muddy boots slogging wearily up past the crumbles on the way to a remote summit. For others, it may be the adrenaline, fear, and joy sailing through the air on a zipline through the trees of a ropes course. Maybe some envision the edge of a paddle breaking the waterline, glistening in the sun as they canoe along a slow-moving river in the wilderness. Defining adventure is even more challenging than living it. For some, adventure may be a walk in the woods or even a simple day in the park. Whatever the adventure may be, there is something about sharing that experience. Stepping outside of our comfort zones, supporting each other, and overcoming adversity that makes shared adventure really powerful.
1: I'm probably 50 yards away from him. And uh, as I'm making my tea, I look, and there's a deer coming across the meadow, (laughs) heading right
0: to the outhouse. (laughs) Oh, I see where this is going. That was Sean Moriarty. Sean has been running youth camps across the US for decades. As an adventure educator, he's walked quite a few miles alongside of youth. He's also part of our project, Emo Village, and the author of Ropes of Ecology, connecting people to nature, community, and place. I asked Sean how he had seen adventurous learning provide adolescents a chance for positive group growth. He told me about a time many moons ago when he was working at a camp in Connecticut with a group of sophomores from a residential high school in the region. They were participating in a weekend team building event.
1: We were kind of near the end of the first day, kind of, and the second day was going to be a fairly short day. We we're going to do some other stuff. Um, and we were doing the wall, you know, the classic mm-hmm. wooden wall, get everybody over, and, yep. blah, blah. and we had done a whole bunch of prep stuff, you know, all day long. This was kind of be their peak thing and, and they're getting ready to do it. And I knew the next day we had some, some things that their teacher and I had worked on to kind of cap out the weekend. And, uh, they were just storming hard. And, and these girls, I guess, I guess they were freshmen. They they were really storming hard. They'd known each other for a whole semester. Mm. And, you know, so this was kind of a a early spring retreat. And, uh, so they're doing the wall and just storming like crazy. And and it was a really first big storm that they had. Mm. And, um, and really getting into it, and and some personal stuff was starting to edge into the comments, um, around previous stuff that I I found out later talking to the teacher that had been going on at school. Yeah. Right? Nothing, nothing horrible. No, no really, really derogatory things, but just those slight little barbs that were yeah. that were ratcheting. <laughs> that were yeah. Ratcheting a Little relational up. aggression. And uh, and I'm looking at the teacher, and uh, I just kind of look at him. with that look like? I'm gonna try something. <laughs> <laughs> And so I stopped the group and we, we come down, you know, they, they come back over away from the wall. We, we step away for a little bit and, uh, I, I do a quick check in, you know, the whole thumbs up, thumbs down, thumb in the middle, you know, no, no mm-hmm. words. I just want to get a quick, quick sense. And, uh, you know, we got we had a lot of middles and a lot of downs, mm-hmm. One maybe one or two finger thumbs up, you know, but, um, and, and everybody was just tense. Like you could see the body posturing and, and yeah. faces were kind of scowled and, and even the teacher was kind of like, Oh, okay. Right. We're doing <laughs> I mean, this. Being a residential school. I mean, they were used to having conflicts like this that, because the, the kids all live together. But, um, and so I, I kind of put it out there to him and I just said, you know, Hey, here's the deal. You're all together for the next three and a half years as, <laughs> as, a, as a grade because they stay together. Right. Right. And I said, if, if this is what the next three and a half years is going to look like, you know, I, I think, and your teacher might agree that you're going to have some issues, you know, and, and you've got to go back to school on Monday and you have an opportunity here. You're going to be together for the, the rest of your high school careers. And, and I said, it, it, you know, if you can, if we can work on how to communicate with each other and it's okay to argue, you know, into the whole conflict is not bad. And, and we start talking. And I said, let's, let's just start over. Right. We're still going to do the wall, but let's just start over. But let's start with talking about how, how you see other people in the group as being key to the success of this group, not mm-hmm. yourself. You don't get to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can do that later tonight because we had a closing thing going after campfire. So I knew we had them again. And, and I just kind of threw it out there. I'm like, you, you, you can get a choice. You can either keep being like this or you can really try to create something, something better.
0: Sean told me about how we used a symbolic object to help the group process this new challenge. In this process, the facilitator uses some item as a token. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be a pine cone, a piece of string, a ball, or even a climbing carabiner. This token helps guide reflection and can act as a focus for sharing thoughts and emotions in a way that sometimes is easier than just opening the group up to discussion. This token is often passed from person to person in the group as they dive more deeply into some often heavy topics.
1: And I just let them go and it was quiet for a little bit and then just watching them. We did that for about a half hour or so and then we did the wall and they they did great. Um, but the cool part was is that I, I was there full-time for another year and a half and then part-time for a couple of years after that so I actually got mm. to work with this group up through their senior year um, and it was just neat to see when they came back that following they came back the following fall mm. um, and just and that was one of the first things we talked about <laughs> yeah, right? and that kind of did us to say so how's everybody doing how are we doing and it was just amazing to see these 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 young women um, just really have taken ownership of, of how they interacted with each other, how they talked with each other, how they interacted with other other grades, right? And and, yeah. and even talking with the teacher, you know, they had definitely continued to storm a little bit the rest of that semester. Sure. And there was other stuff going on. But he said that uh, that they were still always willing to have a conversation.
0: We're going to hear a bit more from Sean in just a moment. But we'd like to take a few to extend our gratitude to a group of folks in our village without whom, well, we wouldn't be doing this here today. Project Emo wouldn't be where it is today without the generous support of Pro Bono Partnership. Their team of experts helped us incorporate and gain charitable 501c3 status. At every step of the way, the volunteers at Pro Bono Partnership offered guidance and diligent counsel to help us grow in ways we never could have achieved on our own. Pro Bono Partnership is celebrating 25 years of providing free legal help to nonprofits in Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. Founded on the belief that strengthening nonprofits will make stronger communities, the partnership's mission is to provide nonprofits with the legal advice and educational resources they need to build capacity, reduce risk, and enhance programming with confidence. The partnership's services were never more critical than during the last two years, when the global pandemic. Led to shifting requirements for nonprofits and a greater need for services within communities. The partnership and its 1,400 volunteer attorneys were there to help, providing 38,000 hours of free legal assistance to nearly 900 nonprofits valued at $19 million in 2020. Pro Bono Partnership is also a nonprofit organization, and your support is what makes their mission possible. Learn more at probonopartner.org. Sometimes youth adventure programs give rise to amazing stories. Sometimes they're epic tales of overcoming adversity. Sometimes they're heartwarming yarns that speak to a group coming together and building lifelong relationships. Sometimes they involve deer and in outhouses. I ask Sean to recall a tale of such total silliness from an expedition trip.
1: <laughs> um, so uh, we were in, I was in Washington state uh, with a group of kids. And we were staying in a somewhat backcountry, a couple miles in, but but very frequented campground, but but pretty sparse, you know, pretty spread out. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of amenities. There was a couple outhouses and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I'd always get up early in the morning and uh, take a make tea and have my quiet time before all the campers woke up. You know, all eight of them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, sitting there, and this kid gets up and he goes, "Hey, can I can I go to the bathroom?" I'm like, "Sure, dude, go." Right. So, and we on trips we had a rating system. For going to the bathroom in the backcountry.
0: Of course, they did. Sean told me the rather in depth system that the youth built where they would collect up to 20 points for various aspects of answering nature's call in the backcountry. That's pretty much nirvana for youth teen boys. One of the more tasteful categories was view. If you could get a majestic view, you got big points. I suppose I can get on board with that. So,
1: off we go and so and, he, and he's he's goes about halfway down to the outhouse turns around comes back up and goes hey can i leave the door open and i'm like sure dude it's a beautiful view so he goes down and i'm sitting there making my tea and i'm watching i can see him you know the outhouse is the back of it's facing me and he goes down and he's so excited right because he's he's the first one up he's going to get this he's going to get extra viewpoints right because he's got the <laughs> door open and he goes down there and he he goes inside i can see the door open right and i'm 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 probably 50 yards away from him. And uh, as I'm making my tea, I look, and there's a deer coming across the meadow, (laughs) heading right to the outhouse.
0: Oh, I see where this is going.
1: And I'm watching, and and in my head, I'm like, I could probably say something. I want to see where this goes. (laughs) And it was a small, it wasn't like a buck or anything, you know, it was a fairly small deer. And it goes and it sticks its head into the outhouse. <laughs> All I hear is this scream. The deer takes off. He comes tearing back up to me, kind of pulling his pants up as he goes. And he gets up to me he's like, that was, hey, deer. Meanwhile, he's trying to explain this to me. Out of breath, I'm rolling on the ground laughing. <laughs> and, and so he finally comes down. Like one or two of the other kids wake up. You see a couple of their heads pop out of various tents, you know, because this kid's screaming. And so he catches his breath and he just looks at me and he goes, so do I get extra points for the deer <laughs> and he comes back out? And it was just those moments where, you know, they were unfiltered, you yeah. know, and I think that that's such a unique thing, especially on expeditions when you're away and you know, you don't have that same societal uh, restrictions or expectations. And uh, it's just, it was just nice to see these 13 year old boys and a number of them went on to be counselors at that camp. Um, and so, yeah, it was just really neat. Yeah. Those, those funny little moments where humor happens.
0: Once we were done regaling each other with stories of the silliness of wildlife and nature's call on trips, Sean and I explored the possibilities of adventurous learning to help youth regulate emotion. I asked him for some of his insights about them regulating emotions through what can be quite intentionally challenging experiences. One of the most powerful aspects of adventurous learning is that these experiences can invite us out of our comfort zones and into a space where we can grow and adapt to new circumstances as we overcome adversity. Sometimes this is referred to as the stretch zone. The very nature of this process and dynamics of group interactions can sometimes lead to some pretty intense emotions, and that's exactly the point. I asked Sean to share with me some of the ways he'd seen youth regulate and properly express what can sometimes be less than productive emotions during his programs.
1: I think one thing I've always tried to build into programs is is giving kids a, a, a way out. And, it, and it's just, hey, if you need a break, step off to the side. Yeah. No biggie. You know, if, if you need a break, just let me know. Or, you know, I, I tried to in a lot of team building uh, programs when I got older, um, was to have someone whose job was the recorder. Right. And mm-hmm. their job was I like, give them a notepad and, and a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know, um, and their job was just to take notes. Nice. Right. And, and to be objective as possible. <laughs> nah. um, and but but allowing I think allowing emotions to be present in, in team building, because they're real, you know, so often in, in school or in work, um, you know, we're kind of taught the, the unwritten rule is you, you don't bring your emotions unless mm. it's enthusiasm or, you know, nose to the grindstone or, sure. or whatever, you don't, you don't bring those emotions to work. If you're having a crappy day, have it on your own time. Right. Um, but with, with experiential education, that's very much part of it. And I think that, you know, the whole, you have, you know, the, the, the safety zone, the growth zone and the panic zone, you know, and, being comfortable, uh, comfort zone. Mm. Um, and, and I think if sometimes if you can guide the kids rather than kind of popcorning back and forth from comfort zone to, to growth zone, to fear zone, panic zone, rather than popcorning back and forth, if we can guide them kind of in a spiral, you know, where you, where you keep going, you know, into comfort, out into the growth zone, and maybe mm. that, that circle, that spiral goes a little farther out into the panic zone. Mm. Um, but I, I find if you can slowly and gradually, if you have the time, to slowly expand the the ellipse of that of that circle, right, going out going out of mm. your comfort zone into the learning zone, um, it allows them to to regulate. Mm. Right? It's not a uh, all of a sudden we have yeah.
0: no food. <laughs> yes, yes, we're we're easing or, easing into it. Or I've taken away
1: everybody's – I've blindfolded everybody and made half of them mute. Right. You know, um, and, and so by, by giving them, you know, unless unless I very specifically say, hey, this activity is going to have some surprises in it. <laughs> right. Um, letting them know what the consequences are ahead sure. of time because I think that very few people truly like surprises, especially if it's going to make them look bad. Yeah. But if we can help them and give them some of those tools, you know, that's why I like the things like, you know, the, the, the hold up your fingers for – Um, You know, how's everybody feeling or the thumbs up, thumbs down, Mm -hmm. um, any number of those those check in tools. It allows kids an opportunity and a facilitator to kind of gauge where everybody's going. And I think, you know, imagine if that was done in class at school, Mm -hmm. uh, if teachers could take the time at the beginning of the class. Hey, let's check in. How's everybody doing today? Right. You know, I, I get to do that at summer camp sometimes with my staff is is to have that morning check in or an afternoon check in. Um, and just kind of get a sense, Hey, how's, how are things going? That was a rough day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, let's, let's talk about it. Um, and it's hard because a lot of folks are not ready for that, Mm -mm. you know, especially the, the, the college age stuff. And it's not their fault because we're not taught that unless you really dig into it, unless you come from a family that, that really handles emotions well. (laughs) Mm. Um, or you're lucky enough to be in a school program or have a mentor or have, you know, a health class that might deal with, with personal you know, health regulation and emotional regulation. We don't get that, you know, right. and, and we don't see that in movies yes. like, or TV shows or books or whatever. Yeah. You know, we, we see a lot of snide comments and, and put downs that, that gets the laugh track. Right. Um, and, and it, it you don't see the, the real personal, how to, how to deal with stuff.
0: what other things do you have to share about uh, social emotional learning in your adventure uh,
1: i I think just the a couple of things one is is the acknowledgement of process mm. right and, and because it's such an integral part whether it's learning how to, how to tie a knot because you're gonna then you know repel off of it later mm. or or build a shelter um, or whether it's it's starting with a, a a couple mile hike and then going up to a week-long trip or whether it's you know, starting off a a team building program with a with a, a group juggle, and and going to something much much more difficult on along during the day, mm. or a week or a month, however long a semester if it's a school program, <clears throat> but recognizing that that life happens in a process, mm. and that there's 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 yes there might be sometimes when there is a black and white you know right. yes or no or right or wrong in in something but oftentimes there's those nuances, and I think that. Um, you know whatever the whatever the context is is that there's always opportunity to get better mm. and that could be better in a skill it could be better in your emotional regulation it could be better in in how you and i communicate
2: mm.
1: um and how you and i plan a trip um on on what risks a group is is able to take but it's that it's that continual process. And, and, you know, there's, there's that saying, you know, practice makes perfect, which is a lovely sentiment. Right. Um, uh, one I like better is there's is, is a folk musician out on the Cape Cape Cod named Dave, David Roth, not David Lee Roth, but, uh, different, <laughs> <laughs> different, different David Roth. But he, he has a song and it's called practice makes progress. Mm.
2: And,
1: and I always liked that idea. And I think it yeah. fits in with experiential education and, and that you know you're going to have good days and bad days, and acknowledging that, and, and acknowledging kind of the realness of life. Yeah. And 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 I remember the first time I ever did a, a trapeze jump uh, when I was getting trained to do ropes courses. I sat on that platform for what seemed like hours, <laughs> right? And I knew it was safe. I knew psychologically yeah. it was safe. I knew physics wise it was safe. Um, but just acknowledging the emotions that were there, and the fear, and the and the excitement, yeah. and all those kind of things, because we don't get to do that no. very often in our in our daily lives. I mean. Um, you know, you always have to be cool, calm and collected if, you know, if you're a leader, if you're a boss or, or you don't want to let your boss see or, or your, your teacher see that you're having a bad day and, sure. and all of those things. And I think that that experiential education and adventure education really allows us to work with the, the gooey, sticky, emotional yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And even if, if you as the facilitator are having a crappy day, you know, you may have gotten up on the wrong side of the bed. Your sure. kid was a pain getting them to school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and your significant other had a fight that morning, whatever it was. You know, you, yeah. spilled, your, you spilled your morning beverage on the car. Yep. Um. And now you've got to show up and be professional for this group. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Um. And, and even like if you and I were facilitating a program, I could show up with all that baggage and I could say, hey, Jason, I, I'm at like 50% right now. I need I need 10 minutes to get my stuff together. Right. Um. Can, can you start the group and I'll come and join. Um, you know, and if we have, a, if we've worked on a relationship and we, we kind of understand each other, then, then it's a no brainer, sure. right. And, and it's not, not a tit for tat, you know, it's, it's that, you know, you're there for the other people. Yeah. Um, and I think that those, those interconnection skills are, are so much more important than those independent skills. Yeah. Um, and realizing that, that we're going to go farther if all of us pitch in on this Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and make, and make it work. So. Um, yeah, I think it's always a, you know, uh, it's always an adventure, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you know, intentional use of the word, even from the facilitator standpoint. You know, I might have this great program, you know, designed, and something could go wrong. The group might not be there yet, yeah. and and you have to adapt, and you have to be able to be flexible, and and being honest, you know, and, and dealing with frustrations and and all of those things. Um, and expectations. And so it, it, it adds that level of excitement, at least for me, that yeah. level of adventure.
0: So. Well, I think so much of it is we have to give, we have to give kids a space to practice those emotions. Yes. Um, because if we just say, you know, sit, sit in class all day, go to work all day, mm. never have conflict, never storm in your relationships, then when things do go wrong, as as they invariably will, we 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 just as people don't have have the capacity for it because it's not a skill we've practiced and, and right. emotional regulation uh, to your point and and this mm-hmm. ability to interact and engage with each other having built a relationship those are practice skills and yeah. I think it's just so critical f- for kids to have those and and I, I just think you just listening to some of your examples you know adventure education is kind of really a, almost a perfect palette for that
1: mm. yeah and it, I wish I wish we could do it more. Yes. You know, um, you in, in all venues, I think that, you know, and I think, you know, team building sometimes gets a rap, a bad rap. Um, right. And sometimes it's hard. You, you have two hours with a group, right. what are you really going to accomplish in two hours? Um, and, and, you know, if it's done over time, multiple times, multiple sessions mm. and, and built into the culture, um, of, of a company or an organization or a school, that's when you really, you know, start to develop some things. And, and, uh, you, know, you can give them a good taste in a couple hours,
2: mm.
1: but uh, you know, even you know, uh, like you and I were teaching that the fire building the other day, and uh, you know, you, it's great if you can light a fire once, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but but you know, imagine if we were trying to build fires in that rainstorm that came in that night. Yeah, you know, um, different totally ball a different, totally different experience, right? Um, and I think that that that's the beauty of it. I can I can do spiderweb a hundred times, and every time it's going to be different.
0: Yeah. So, Sean, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, my pleasure. Any uh, any final thoughts? Any final words of wisdom you can you can share with us in the village tonight?
1: <laughs> I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, uh, along the lines of facilitation, is um, in working with groups: is uh, don't be too attached to the way you think things should look, because hmm. um, <laughs> the group oftentimes has a much better awareness of what they need yeah um we, we just need to be able to hear what they're saying or not mm-hmm. saying um and, and adapt accordingly and, and sometimes um throw out the whole plan and and start over right, <laughs> right. And, and 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 try not to take it personally
0: back to the drawing board <laughs> I, the number of times have yeah. had to go back to the drawing board mid 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 program yep absolutely yep.
1: yeah
0: uh jay thanks this is yes. fun yes thank you very much so thank you very much and uh, we will definitely be uh chatting back soon
1: Sounds good. All right. Have a good one, my friend. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.
0: That's it for this episode, villagers. From everyone here at Project Emo, we'd like to thank you for taking this very first step on an exciting journey alongside of us. We hope you enjoyed this exploration of adventure education and social-emotional learning as much as we did. If you did enjoy it, consider subscribing to the podcast. If you really, really enjoyed it, hop on over to www.projectemo.org and consider supporting our charitable efforts, as every episode of Village Voices podcasts, much like our youth programs, is supported by listeners just like you.